that psalm says, weeping may endure for night, but joy comes in the morning. Thank you for that beautiful message. Um, so we're to have joy this morning. Are you joyful in the Lord today? I'd like to talk about 56 uh, nomad, uh, but I guess I'm supposed to preach today. Uh, or we could talk about golf or something else. But you know, just lift your spirit to come in uh, where there's a kindred spirit with the people of God. And thank you for your kindness. Um, you're always so gracious when we're here. Uh, I really don't know where Chad and Betsy are. I don't have to keep up with them anymore. They're grown on their own. Uh, but seven-year anniversary, I believe. I got that much. And um, this morning, I'm going to ask you to turn with me in your Bibles to Acts chapter 11. And as you're doing that, uh, we're going to be in verses 19 through 26. But um, I believe uh, the last time I was here... Um, I brought a message from 1 Corinthians 4 and talked about ministries extreme. And today, I want to talk about ministries manifestation. The idea that God reveals himself uh, through uh, his people. Of course, he sent Jesus and revealed himself in that, uh, in that way. And Jesus is our example, especially as our... Uh, he is our example as a servant leader. And so as we think this morning on the subject of ministry manifestations, the idea of um, the love of God being revealed in our works as, as Christians, as believers. Let's look now in uh, Acts chapter uh, 11, verses 19 through um, 26. I'm reading from the King James. Now, they which were uh, scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto the Jews only. And now notice there's a change here. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were uh, come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. For he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith, and much people was added unto the Lord." Then departed Barnabas to Tarsus for to seek Saul. We know him as Paul, of course. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch. And it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people. And the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Lord, thank you for your word that speaks to our hearts today. It's just as... Uh, uh, up to date is uh, anything we could uh, look to today in the uh, world in which we live. Uh, but uh, your word is uh, truth. And, and so we come to your word, Lord, to uh, seek that uh, truth that you have um, throughout the pages of Scripture. And you speak to our hearts interpreting your word through your Holy Spirit. 
that we might grow in the things of the Lord and uh, just uh, uh, mature as obedient uh, believers and followers of Christ. And I pray now you'd be glorified for it's in his name that we pray. Amen. Ministry's manifestation. Um, it's been said there as a definition of an effective church that a body of believers, it is a body of believers, practicing their gifts and working together for the cause of Christ in their area or areas of giftedness and passion. I don't know what your passion is. I don't know what your gift is, but we all are gifted uh, with uh, uh, that uh, gift that God would use in us, maybe multiple gifts, uh, gifts combined uh, for the, the building up of the body of Christ the Bible talks about. And the effective church must take a leap into the community where they're located in order to manifest, I said already, the love of God uh, in their lives. And that's what we're talking about this morning. I want you to turn with me uh, now to 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find the biblical support for what I just said. 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 12, beginning in verse 4. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, that is the Holy Spirit. And there are differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit, does that sound familiar? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all or, or to profit all. So the idea of uh, ministry manifestation is not just something I came up with uh, for a cute or uh, catchy uh, uh, sermon title. We are to manifest or reveal to uh, display, if you will, to the world uh, the love of God. And, and we're going to talk about how we can do that. Um, in the Bible that Suzanne gave me when we were dating, the caption over that uh, 1 Corinthians 12 uh, text uh, says, True ministry, and maybe this will help get us all on the same page, true ministry is the exercise of spiritual gifts. True ministry is the exercise of spiritual gifts. The manifestation of of ministry is what we're talking about. And ministry's manifestation is seen in the, the ways, listen church, we love and set about to impact people with the gospel. Did you get that? That's important. This is our, our focus this morning, and I want you to, to, to be with me. Uh, ministry's manifestation is seen in the ways we love and set about to impact people with the gospel. I'm going to use five L's just to keep it simple today. But first of all, from the first part of verse 22 that we read together, we're to listen for what God is doing all around us. You believe God's at work today? I said he is. We came into the sanctuary, met, met some folks, spoke to some folks, and, and the uh, uh, pews began to fill up more. And, and, and it's, there's just a sense of uh, God's presence 
because he's, he's, he's present through his Holy Spirit in the lives of his people. We sang uh, hymns of, uh, and songs of praise to him and, and, and acknowledged him as, as Lord of all. And, and the idea is that he is at work, and so we're to listen for what God is doing all around us. Now, some of you may be like me and need to uh, have your hearing checked, my wife tells me. But I think as Christians, sometimes we need to have our hearing checked because we're not listening even to hear what God's doing all around us. Or we could say simply, uh, we're not keeping our ears open. Are your ears open today? But open for what? Well, I'm talking about uh, for God things. My wife on the way over here reminded me that uh, I'm always, I, I missed a turn, and, and, and she said, you're always looking off the road, and I am. I like to look to see, see what hot rods or something I can see and all that kind of thing. But the idea is that we're to listen for God things. You believe uh, in God things? You believe God is uh, doing things all around us? Uh, here I said there was a change, and you'll note that these Greek-speaking Gentiles, as well as Jews, were, were turning to the Lord. Now, that was a God thing, amen? Because they, they, they started with the Jews, as we read, and then they, they, they took the uh, uh, gospel to the Gentiles. Paul's already done that prior to this, in, uh, or Peter, I guess, in, in uh, Acts. But, uh, I mean, for a Jew... Or a Gentile, but for a Jew to believe on Christ as Messiah was nothing short of miraculous. And, and for them to, uh, uh, the, the people at Jerusalem, the Christians at Jerusalem, those Christ followers at Jerusalem, to uh, uh, accept the idea of a Gentile coming to Jesus. Now, now that was a big deal. Uh, but, but for a Jew, uh, it meant to, to lose all their they had all, they, they, they'd be cut off from their family, their inheritance. They'd be ostracized from the rest of the Jewish community. They couldn't even make a living. And uh, news we see here has reached Jerusalem, the headquarters of Christianity at that day, at that time, that folks were being saved in Antioch. Now imagine that. But they were listening for what God is doing all around us. You know, sometimes... On occasion, I'll talk to different pastors or be in different churches, and we'll see some of the things that, that God is doing uh, all around us. I thought that was neat. Y'all are going to uh, see if you're smart as a fifth grader uh, in Sunday school. That's, that's wonderful. Uh, you know, God's doing things uh, around us. And, and, and sometimes people ask me about, you know, what God's doing here, there, or I'll hear about it. And, and the idea is that, that we can... Since God, uh, we may not hear him, I understand, uh, audibly, and yet we need to listen with our hearts to what God's doing all around us. Again, this was no small thing in that day because um, God used the persecution of the church that arose in Jerusalem, uh, and those that remained in Jerusalem no doubt were, were somewhat surprised about what was going over on over there in Antioch and so they sent, decided that they'd send out Barnabas a good man it says uh, to check things out now a modern day example might be that that we uh, uh, 
know of a place maybe where there's a, a few uh, believers or there needs to be a few believers and uh, uh, there, there's an opportunity to start a new church or uh, maybe assisting a new language mission uh, in their work. There's a lot of things that, that we can be involved in, but we must keep, listen church, our spiritual ears open, listening with, with discernment for what God's doing all around us and he is doing stuff all around us. And the reason is that we might miss ministry opportunities. We'll talk more about our responsibility, but we might miss ministry opportunities if we don't listen with spiritual ears to what God is doing and learn what he's doing all around us. Now, some of you have probably done uh, uh, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby, and and he uh, said something just right along this line. He said, God is at work all around us, and we need to join him where he's at work. And that's the idea. We need to learn what God's doing all around us. And then in uh, verses 22 and 23, we need to look for what God is doing in unusual places. Now, is LJ an unusual place? Maybe not so much as it was uh, at Antioch, from the view of the viewpoint of the people at, at Jerusalem, but you know, uh, every uh, location has its own uniqueness, right? Y'all got more snow than we got in in Dalton, uh, but the idea is that that God was really at work in unusual places, and it's surprising sometimes. Now, again, the church at Jerusalem didn't really expect God to be working uh, as He was at Antioch. But the lesson for us today is that God doesn't always work as we expect him to. Amen? Sometimes he surprises us. Um, He surprises us when he works or or where he works or how he works. Uh, But we need to, to, uh, again, look to where he's working, even though it might be in an unusual circumstances or location. Look at verse 23. It seems old Barnabas was my term, pleasantly surprised about what he saw when he got to Antioch. I mean, things were happening in this unusual place called Antioch. And, and I mean, just think about this now. We read about it. Jerusalem was the center of Christianity. But Christians or people were, Christ followers were first called Christians. Where? Not at Jerusalem. But at Antioch, now that's an unusual thing, isn't it? Unusual place, God doing unusual things. You know, when I was at, when we were at Pleasant Grove, uh, we had been praying and talking about what to do with our old building there. But it's it's interesting how uh, God opened up that building for different uses. I'm not sure what's going on there now, if there's a another uh, congregation meeting there or what, uh, but things that we never really thought about. I thought about maybe just a missions birthing station uh, for that old building. But, um, you know, God may have yet more opportunities in yet more unusual places than we've ever dreamed of. I'm talking about right now, East L.J. Baptist Church. I'm talking about right here in uh, L.J., Georgia, Gilmer County, uh, and, and beyond. 
Uh, it may be in Gilmer County. It may be somewhere across the state or the nation or the world even. Uh, praise God for those that you have on the, the mission field of the world today. Uh, but we just don't need to limit God. And in fact, there are many opportunities to, to join God in what he's doing in unusual places uh, like Indonesia or uh, 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 you name it. Uh, Places uh, across the, the country. Um, even all the time there are opportunities that, that we hear about. And, and, and we must just look and, and then avail ourselves of those opportunities if we really want to join God in what he's doing where he is at work. I don't know where that is for you. But look. And God will reveal it to you just like he did to that group in Jerusalem in our text today. And then the third L is launch, verses 22 and 23 again. Launch into what God is doing and wants to do. You know, where his spirit is, there is life. And where his spirit is, things are happening. But there are yet other things that God wants to do, even by those things that we listen for and, and look to and, and launch ourselves into, things that we never even dream, even beyond our uh, greatest dreams. As I said in the beginning, the effective church must make a leap into the community. Yes, we could call it a, a leap of faith because it's only as we launch out into the deep water into what God's already doing and, and, and find what he wants to do uh, even through us. And it's only then that we'll really be involved in ministry's manifestations and see his rich blessings on our obedient service in his kingdom's work. God wants you to be at work. He wants you to join him in his work. He wants you to launch out into that uh, mission field, that, that place of opportunity to express the, the servant ministry and love of Jesus Christ by sharing the gospel and serving those for whom Christ died. Barnabas was willing to leave his comfort zone. Are you? Am I? I didn't think we'd ever be anywhere but Cartersville, Georgia. And then... Uh, one day we uh, picked up and moved from Cartersville, Georgia, in, in ministry. Well, you know, I wasn't the most popular son-in-law uh, in the world. My mother-in-law reminded me, now you told me when you all got married you wouldn't take her off somewhere. Well, I did, or the Lord did. But Barnabas was willing to leave his comfort zone. By the way, my wife was willing to leave her comfort zone. Uh, uh, never been outside of Carville much. But, but, but Barnabas traveled to, to Antioch, and that was an unknown place of service. Listen, does anybody know where Gore, Georgia is? G-O-R-E? Let me see your hands if you know where Gore, Georgia is. One person knows where Gore, Georgia is. When we got to Gore... Before we moved up there, we built a pastorum after I'd been there a while and, and uh, um, moved up there. They had a little trailer, and we'd go back and forth on weekend. Gore, Georgia is in Chattooga, or Chattoogie, if you're from there, Chattoogie County. And uh, uh, I said something about it's nice to be in Somerville, Georgia, and a lady reminded me that I wasn't in Somerville, Georgia, or told me I wasn't in Somerville, Georgia. I was in Gore. But once we got there... Uh, even before we ever moved there, 
a sweet lady, sweet lady, uh, now deceased, said, uh, you know, preacher, we're about 25 years behind up here, and that's the way we like it. <laughs> I mean, I've been to an unusual place. You've been to an unusual place. This was an unusual place for Barnabas, uh, an unknown place of service. But, but look at the benefit. He was allowed to see firsthand what God was up to. Isn't that what you want to see, where God's at work? And, and that's what he was uh, uh, able to see when he got to Antioch. And for our churches to make decisions about ministry, listen, we must step out into our community, first of all, where we are, and then beyond and witness the needs that, that God wants to use us, his people, to meet. Why not uh, prayer walk the, the street, the road that you uh, live on, and experience your own neighborhood to see possibilities for ministry? And as you walk, uh, pray for God to both help you uh, uh, see his vision and, and your field and all those opportunities for ministry that he has for you. And for courage then to launch out into those fields, into what God's doing and what God wants to do. You see, just because there's uh, something happening here at East Elegy Baptist Church, praise God, there is, that, that's not all there is. There's more that God wants to do. So launch out into your community and then learn, verse 24, that people are key to what God is doing. Now, you know that. That's kind of self-explanatory. But, but God, uh, my pastor years ago before I entered ministry said, God uses people. We know that, but I, I think sometimes we forget that or maybe just don't really uh, Give it enough credence, if you will, in what we're doing as, as the people of God. Learn that people are key to what God is doing. People just like you and me are, are God's front line uh, in ministry. And, and as we keep our eyes on Christ and see as, as he sees, we must also have his passion for reaching people one person at a time. You know, sometimes I just pray that I might see people as God sees them, those for whom Christ died, first of all. That's how God sees people, those for whom Christ died. And that's how we're to see people, those for whom Christ died. And then beyond, those that, that need uh, uh, help in ministry or, or uh, uh, just uh, being a testimony. The way we minister is by reaching people, impacting their lives with the gospel, with the love of Jesus Christ, regardless of their need, whatever their need is. And we may reach them with, with something like a cookie ministry. I don't know. Do you all have a cookie ministry? I'm not talking about cookie monster. Uh, well, here's an idea. Uh, we did this, in fact, at, at Pleasant Grove. Uh, and things work different everywhere. I'm not saying you need to do this, but just an idea. Uh, we had a cookie ministry. And people would bake cookies, and, and whenever somebody would visit our church, that afternoon, somebody would, from our church would take them uh, some cookies. Now, who can say no to that? <laughs> I mean, you know, but it's just sharing the love of God. You don't know what to, that, we don't, the things uh, that came from that. I can't tell you all the things that came from that. But people liked it, I know that. And, and people came into the church. And, and, and uh, the, the base was built and, and strengthened there. But the idea is that, that we can do different things. Um, you know, uh, that cookie ministry is just one 
uh, we can reach people with the gospel in many ways. We can reach them when they're flooded out. Uh, we have Baptist disaster relief in the state of Georgia and around the country. We can reach them in prayer. Uh, we, we can have a prayer list, uh, prayer chain, prayer walking I mentioned already, or we, we can reach them in countless other ways such as uh, the Crisis Pregnancy Center uh, here or the Food Pantry or CLC or uh, VBS or Senior Adult Ministry, and, and the list just goes on and on. But, but don't forget, just as we are reaching people, people are key to what God's doing in all these ministries and, and more. You remember Barnabas... Uh, sometimes called the son, of, uh, the son of consolation, or in other words, he was the encourager. Barnabas was an encourager. I want to be an encourager. Barnabas was a, a good man uh, and full of the Holy Ghost, it says, and of faith. Watch what happened, verse 24, and much people was added unto the Lord. Now, that's a good combination, isn't it? He was a good man. He was full of faith, and much people were added unto the Lord. Now, that wasn't just because Barnabas had just the right way. Listen, church, just the perfect way to present the gospel. That was not just because Barnabas had the perfect cookie ministry. That wasn't because Barnabas had just the right approach. What does it say? Before faith, even. He was full of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit paved the way. And that's what he'll do for you. That's what he'll do for me as we, we uh, learn that people are key in, in what God is doing. Um, he too, Barnabas, found favor with God and with men, and that's a good thing. God used him because he was usable. He was available. And realizing that he needed help to see his ministry in Antioch through uh, to completion, Barnabas Got another people, didn't he? He went down there and, and uh, found old Saul of Tarsus, Paul. Pretty good find, wasn't he? And, and, and he engaged Paul and encouraged Paul and defended Paul. They were afraid of Paul, but, but he, he defended Paul because he knew that his was a genuine conversion. And, and he enlisted him to work with him. And Paul had, had been feared by the other uh, Christians, but Barnabas calmed those people's fears because he knew God's hand was on him and he was ready uh, to be used by God. Are you ready? We'll talk more about this in a minute, but God uses people to do his work. God could do it all by himself, but that's not what he's chosen to do. He uses his word and then he uses his people and his word through people to do his work. Someone has said that many people have fooled themselves into thinking that they can't, shouldn't, aren't able to be used of God. You know what the end result of that is? God doesn't use them because they haven't availed themselves of God's spirit working in and through them. They haven't yielded themselves to God using them. They refuse to try. Let me tell you a story about Lars Clausen. Lars Clausen left Nia Bay, Washington, the most northwest tip of the lower 48 states, on April the 29th of 2002. And he headed for the Statue of Liberty in New York City, New York. Now, many people have made cross-country travels, 
But what makes Lars' cross-country trip different is that he was on a unicycle. Clausen, a Lutheran pastor from Whidbey Island, rode the 5,000 miles on one wheel to raise money for an endowment to fund the Inupiat Eskimos of Alaska's Seward Peninsula where he had held his first preaching position. He fell in love with those Inupiaq believers, those Indians in Alaska. His goal was to receive donations per wheel turn to raise $5 million for ministry. Pretty bold, isn't it? When was the last time you had a $5 million goal for the cause of Christ? Along with his wife, he'd spent more than three years with those uh, Indians in, in Nome, Alaska. And now his wife and uh, their children traveled with him on this trip across country in a motorhome. There was another couple that traveled with them. They were physical therapists, probably needed them. Uh, but they would, they would uh, follow along on their bicycles. That's two wheels. Uh, along for part of the trek was Clawson's father, Lands, and Lars said, he just leapfrogs ahead of me. He said, it's fun having my dad along because he used to uh, ride a unicycle when he was in college. Well, we're told that Clawson averaged 50 miles a day on a 36-inch Coker unicycle for 103 days. He rested on Sundays, and he arrived at the Statue of Liberty on August the 10th. He had pedaled more than 2.8 million times. And in addition to raising money, he set a, a Guinness World Record. But can you imagine that testimony? You're hearing of it today. Maybe that'll encourage your heart to minister to a motorcycle gang. I don't know. It's amazing how we try to tell ourselves that we have nothing that God can use. But you know, that's really an insult to God because God made us. And we've, we've looked at it. He, he's gifted us, all of us, as he chooses for his purpose and for his glory. Or we can always offer excuses for why we can't do something instead of coming up with how we can. Solutions, not even of ourselves, but from our creator, as vessels unto honor, the Bible says, and not dishonor. Now, I'm going to, I guess, date myself a little bit, but I see some other gray heads out there. Can't never did. Have y'all heard that? Can't never did. I heard my mother say that. Can't never did. I can't do that. What an interesting and yet simple story of Lars Clausen, a man who set out to help raise money to help others in ministry in the name of his Lord. His ministry, think about it, was manifested, revealed, displayed, shared by riding a unicycle of all things. So we can look for opportunities to minister to people and use all that God's given us as we join him in furthering his kingdom and doing his will. Well, that's four, and I said I've got five L's, and the last one 
from verses 25 and 26 is labor with others in what God is doing. Go to work. Barnabas practiced Jesus' principle about uh, uh, Jesus' principle of going out to do ministry. How? Two by two. Labor with others. Go to work with someone else. Maybe someone else has a ministry call or a, a vision of what God would do, and, and maybe they would would ask you. Well, don't just turn that down. Pray about it. See if God's uh, speaking to you about joining them in that, or or maybe uh, you go to someone and say, you know, let's let's go visiting. Let's let's go share the the gospel. Let's let's take somebody to lunch that we work with and, and at least invite them to church or, or maybe to a, a men's conference. I noticed on the table out there coming up uh, in the, the Morganton uh, Association. Taking someone with you, though, to do ministry is the biblical approach to manifesting true ministry in Jesus' name. Barnabas found Paul, and together they went uh, uh, to Antioch to join with, with still others in what God was doing there. Listen. Sometimes we make the mistake of thinking that those, quote, in ministry are, are able or somehow specially required or equipped to minister in Jesus' name. Listen, if you knew my, or if you saw my high school transcript, you'd never in the world believe I could graduate from college. But I knew I needed to go back to school when God called me to preach, and uh, my wife made, helped me through the one math class that I just had to have. I got an A in it, by the way. Now, she's the math with. But, I mean, you know, we can't wait until we're, we're, we're somehow endued with power uh, other than that of the Holy Spirit uh, and just, you know, bang, now you're a preacher. No, it's not about that. It's not, it's not so that just those that are, quote, in ministry. In fact, sometimes we who are in ministry make the terrible mistake of not realizing that God has many that we ought to involve. In extending uh, by extending the opportunity to participate with us in, in manifesting his ministry, uh, even through their lives. And God may want to use those of us who are already involved, <clears throat> excuse me, already involved in ministry. I'm talking about laity and clergy alike, the, the idea that, that, that uh, uh, we work together uh, as ministers and, and laity to mentor others uh, to manifest his ministry through their lives. Proverbs 27, 17 says, you're familiar with it, iron sharpeneth iron. So a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. I mean, if you're doing ministry, bring somebody alongside you to, to help you in the ministry and, 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 and help them to grow in, in ministry. Look over in Ephesians chapter 4. I think this will help us. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm just going to read a, a, a couple of verses there. Time-wise, I think I'll, I'll start in verse 11, Ephesians 4, 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists, you've heard this, and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the working of the ministry, or the work of the ministry, for the edifying, I talked about that earlier, the, the building up of the body of Christ, till we all come, it says here, uh, in the unity of the faith, and of the knowledge of the Son of God uh, unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro 
and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Bringing people together with various uh, ministry gifts to, to, to share, uh, manifesting the, the, the love of God, uh, sharing the gospel and, and witnessing uh, to his great power in our lives. So as we engage in ministry, we must understand that ministry takes time. Verse 26 tells us that. They stayed there a while. Barnabas and Saul stayed in Antioch an entire year, it says. They were teaching them the things of God. They were investing in, in people. And, and investing in people takes a surrender. It takes time. It takes a commitment. Um, and let me just add this. As we think about manifesting our ministry's manifestation ministry is messy okay maybe that's the thing that the devil uses most ministry is messy you know what i'm talking about it's not always easy sometimes people don't always tell the truth sometimes people don't always do what they say they're going to do when you try and help or or people let you down but but ministry is messy and yet God's greater than all of that we must remember that we're to labor with others in what God's doing ministry requires you and ministry requires other people to get the gospel out to manifest the love of Christ so let me ask you let me just ask you now how committed how yielded how surrendered to ministry are you let me ask it another way how surrendered to the will of god are you what i share with you today is the will of god for his people every one of us how surrendered are you to god's will for his glory really how involved in ministry are we when we're not motivated to move from spectator to participator? A real heart for ministry will cause us to get off the bench, so to speak, and into the game. Maybe you've heard of this, but Tommy Lewis had that sort of spirit about him. Lewis was a captain, team captain, and a fullback for the 1954 Alabama Crimson Tide football team. 1954 on an infamous play in the cotton bowl that year tommy lewis saw rice halfback dick mogul running free for a touchdown without a helmet lewis rushed off the sidelines and on the field and made an illegal tackle on mogul we can't imagine that can we that's kind of like you know you saw not long ago uh, some coach you know kind of belted the uh, opposing player when he came off, came through the sideline there where he was standing. No helmet, just, you know, he was so into the game. Here's this guy from Rice fixing to score a touchdown. Nobody's doing anything. He's, he's, just, he's running free. Lewis said, not on my watch. <laughs> but, you know, you just can't help but appreciate that, that sort of team spirit. Amen. I like golf, like watching golf. Can't play golf. <laughs> uh, Boo Weekly uh, 
2008 Ryder Cup. I mean, he was riding his club like it was a broom horse, you know. So excited. I mean, he just had one of the greatest Ryder Cup uh, uh, tournaments anybody, you know, I mean, round that, that anybody had ever had. I mean, he just was, I mean, he was jumping up and down and pumping, doing that fist pump, you know, and uh, bowed to the audience for their applause, not, not, you know, he, he was just, you know, thankful, just excited. Old boy from Kentucky likes to deer hunt about as much as he likes to play golf. Boo Weekly. But, you know, that's the kind of people, you don't have to be Boo Weekly. Uh, you don't have to be this Lewis guy. He's from Alabama. <laughs> but, but that's the kind of people that God wants to get in the game, so to speak. That's the kind of people that make a difference in the kingdom of God. Barnabas was that kind of person. You're that kind of person because it's not you. Barnabas was filled what? With the Holy Ghost. Spirit of God was the answer. And Christ-like compassion both challenges us and enables us, listen church, to play ball for the Lord. You know, my father was retired as a colonel, full colonel from the Air Force, 25 years and he was a bomber pilot, and he uh, uh, was grounded. They didn't need as many pilots after the war, and uh, they told him they were going to ground him because he had asthma during the war, and he kind of laughed at them. They weren't going to ground any pilots that could fly during the war, but he got grounded after the war and went into administration. He had several tours at the Pentagon, and, and my daddy loved me. He was a good daddy. He was a good good provider. We moved about every three years, and 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 he he'd buy a house where we'd have a, a home. And I, I appreciate uh, uh, military dependence. My little old mama, she was not she was she was sociable, but she wasn't a social person. And and about every time we'd get started in church, it'd be time to move. Uh, but. Uh, Daddy wasn't around a lot. I mean, he'd get called out in the middle of the night. Uh, uh, I've actually seen back in the Cold War the red phone. Now, now it, you weren't supposed to do that and you, then, and you sure couldn't do it now, but the red phone was serious business. If whatever chairman of the Chorus Chiefs of Staff got on the red phone, that was in the Cold War. I mean, somebody's fixing to push a button. I've been there. Daddy had a really responsible position, and, and, and he wasn't around a lot sometimes because of that. But I can remember, you hear what I just said, that, that all of this, that kind of Christ-like compassion both challenges and enables us to play ball for the Lord. My little old mama wasn't about 5'1". And, you know, I had a brother, and an older brother, and an older sister. I was the baby and took full advantage of it, but... Um, when Daddy wasn't around, we'd want to play pitch or whatever. You know, one of us was by ourselves or something. And my mother would say, "Come on, you boys, I can play pitch." Well, come on, church, you can play pitch too. That's what it's about. Think about it. Pray about it. How and where can you manifest the ministry of the Lord? I'll close with this: First John three eighteen. My little children. Let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And you can look this up for yourself, but if you looked up 1 John 1, 2, and 3, 
you'll see that it reveals Christian characteristics that are given as, as tests of our faith, whether or not, church, our faith is real and whether or not we're manifesting that kind of ministry. Let's pray.